When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin, and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. Joining me right now is Orient fan Paul. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Very good, thanks, Charles. Yeah, thanks for having us back on. You're very welcome. You are, of course, one part of the Orient Outlook podcast. And and just back before we played you in October, we had uh, your other half on, Steve, from the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Better times as it was at that time for us. Yeah, you were saying before we started recording that, that actually... Uh, uh, Ross Embleton, who is now actually your permanent manager, but at the time, yeah. it, the, the win against us was actually his what the penultimate game in charge before he stepped down for Carl Fletcher to take over. So um, we played Port Vale just before you and drew with Port Vale at home. We then went to your ground and beat you 1-0. We then had Wimbledon in the cup uh, in the trophy, the Football League trophy, lost to them 3-0. But from a league perspective, we then went and beat Walsall 3-1 and Grimsby away 4-0. Then Ross stood aside and Carl had been appointed a couple of days before the Grimsby game. So he went up to Grimsby, watched the team play. I think he was appointed on the Thursday or the, uh, I think it was the Thursday. So he felt, or the club felt it better that Ross carried on taking the team. Went up to Grimsby, absolutely demolished them 4-0. Uh, and then 
Carl took over for a Tuesday night game away at Plymouth. Uh, and kind of the beginning of the end, really. We lost 4-0 there. Um, and he then proceeded over uh, several more games, um, of which all right, we beat Brighton under-21s in the Football League trophy on penalties, but then embarrassingly got tipped out the FA Cup to uh, seventh-tier Molden and Tiptree. Um, and then it sort of went, it carried on spiralling down. We lost to Scunthorpe. So... Then Ross, uh, Ross, he uh, was uh, Carl was relieved of his duties, and and, and Ross, Ross took over. Uh, Ross took over from there, and has recently, uh, as a couple of weeks ago, been made permanent head head coach of Leighton Orient Football Club with Danny Webb stepping up to support him, uh, and Joby Mackinoff staying as uh, as one of our coaching team. So it has been a really topsy-turvy nine or ten months for not mm. just the club, but obviously the fan base as well. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to go back too far with it. So let's just go from the fact that, you know, you know, Ross Embleton did, you know, step up to sort of try and keep some consistency for the team as they started the season in League Two uh, off the back of that that promotion from the National League. Um is it fair to say from from the outside looking in that maybe Ross didn't really want the job to be a permanent thing and it was more of a case of I will just sort of keep my foot in and just keep it ticking over until you find somebody that that can do this a bit better so yeah I mean obviously it's no it's no uh, it's, it's obviously very well known for both clubs due to our shared uh, connection with just you know Justin Edinburgh and the tragedy that that ensued on us in in the summer. Um, you know it's been a difficult three to five years for us as a football club with our previous owner. Thankfully, we got saved by the current ownership, and then obviously not starting our life in non-league particularly well, and then Justin coming in and steadying the ship and steering us the following season up to which was last season up to up to National League uh, champions and promotion that way, and then only to lose him. Um, in the summer uh, was 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 absolutely agonising. Uh, Ross, uh, while still grieving, bear in mind him, the playing staff, the, the staff at the club, the players, everybody's still grieving the loss of of a friend, of a manager, of a, of a very very influential individual. Um, Ross said that he would take the reins and steady the ship and and ready it for when somebody else. Uh, is able and ready to come in and when the time is right for somebody else to come in and, and, and help take the club forward because he always sees himself as a coach. It's what he preferred to do is to be working with the players directly rather than the manager's uh, role. Um, so he did that. He handed over to, to, to Carl Fletcher. The club decided to appoint the Bournemouth loan manager, uh, Carl Fletcher, who'd had a stint of managing uh, Plymouth Argyle uh, during their difficult time, but he didn't work out for him. So he went back uh, and learnt his trade, and, and who could you learn any better under than Eddie Howe? Um, but it transpires that what he said he wanted to do, uh, he decided that he wanted to do something very different. And so a bit of a culture clash there, and, and him not necessarily delivering on what he said he was going to deliver, saw him relieved of his duties, and Ross felt that having seen what had happened there, and the fact that he was now taking over a Carl Fletcher team, albeit exactly the same playing staff and whatnot, that he felt that he was better equipped to do the job mentally, um, never doubting his credentials. He's been a coach since 16 or 18, something like that. So, you know, a lot longer than, than some managers in this league. So, he, you know, he's definitely got the right badges, the, the right mm. skill set, the right credentials. And so Ross now feels more empowered, more comfortable, more able to 
to do this this role on. Uh, you know, he, he's got the full title of, of head coach of Lake Norwich Football Club. Previously, there was a bit of a safety net that if it didn't work out, he could step back, someone else would come in and he'd go back to his coach. Well, there isn't that safety net anymore. He is fully responsible for everything. Um, if it doesn't work out, like any manager, he will have to leave the football club. Um, he's on a 12-month rolling contract, which... Um, from what you said to me prior to us coming on air, that, that, that that's a commonality in, in, in the Football League. Um, it gives club and manager, I guess, some sort of flexibility should things be going right or wrong. Mm. The club wants to relieve him of duty. And likewise, if another club comes in at higher up the pyramid that he wants to go to, that you know is only on a 12-month rolling contract. So um, it, it, it kind of suits both parties. Um, we're in the middle of a transfer window now with... We've already got on board on that ship quite early and made a couple of decent signings. We've got Lawrence Vigaru who's come in um, as a goalkeeper, uh, formerly of Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur and Swindon, which is where Ross worked for him, uh, worked with him, sorry. And uh, we signed a, a defensive midfielder, a big six foot four guy, Us Cisse from uh, from Gillingham. He joined us on Friday. Um, so you know, Ross has looked to, to to ship a couple out. We've got rid of uh, midfielder Dal Gorman, who's gone up to to Newport County. James Alive has gone down to the National League to uh, to Eastleigh. Um, we've got a youngster out on loan at Dover, Shadrach Ogie, who we rate very, very highly. Uh, and George Marsh has uh, stayed on for another six months with us from Tottenham Hotspur. So, you know, Ross is looking to in, uh, make an impact uh, in, in, and get some of the dead wood out and, and get some fresh blood in uh, and, and really stamp his authority on the team and make it his team. Because realistically, at the moment, he's taken over Justin's team. Mm. And it was the kind of personalities and attitudes that, that Justin would have worked with and got the, got what he would have got out of them, but not necessarily what Ross would get out of them. So it's really important for Ross now, this window, the summer window, and then probably next January, just to try and get that turnover of player that he needs to build his own squad. And I think, as I said on our podcast fairly recently, that it's going to be an important two to three windows. It's important that he's given the support, which the board will do, our board will do. Nigel Travis earlier today uh, released a video through the club's official channel saying that the board are doing everything they can, that the chief scouts out watching players and new talent, and they're going to support Ross with with new blood, new talent um, into the side to help us push away from where we are. We're very fortunate as a club. We've got very, very communicative uh, board. Everybody's very accessible. Um, we interviewed Nigel and Kent after Ross had been appointed and, and uh, to their credit, they came out and said that the period of quiet prior to Ross being announced was a mistake. They should have come out and said what they were trying to do and they didn't. They made a mistake. They're human beings, you know, and I think it allayed a lot of fears that people had about well, what's going on. Who's steadying the ship? What, what's actually happening? Why, is, why have we not had any updates from anyone from the board? So, you know, to then have the uh, chairman coming out uh, and, and publicly stating about their backing of Ross in the transfer market, the vice chairman and principal investors coming on to coming into the UK tomorrow for our game with you, which you'll be here for, and then Newport on Saturday at home. So he'll be around, very visible, speaking to fans. And we've got a chairman's night on the 30th of, of January where the chairman's going to take questions from from people that, that turn up and, and it's nothing scripted, nothing pre-planned, no questions pre-prepared or put to him. So, you know, we're very lucky in that regard. Sorry, I think I've gone and rambled a little bit. But... <laughs> You've covered quite a lot there, Paul, to be fair, but that's absolutely fine. Um, I mean, the last time that we played you then, you beat us 1-0 at Sixfields. Yeah. Um, but on Saturday when I contacted you, 
uh, to sort of say, look, could you come on and, and have a chat with us again? Um, you seem quite worried that we might come down to your place on Tuesday night and, and turn you over. Um, I, I don't know whether that is a, 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 a sort of a, an unknown sort of guesswork from, from people that aren't really watching us play and they're just looking at our results or, or whether you're actually fearful for how your side are playing at the moment. Which is it? Are you more scared of us or are you worried for the fact that you're not playing well enough? Um, more fearful of the fact that there are times where we are victims of our own we are the perpetrators of our own demise, where we switch off, where we let someone run through, where we're not, where we're ball watching and not man watching, and 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 we're making mistakes and not clearing our lines. Mm. I think what we've said on the podcast is that on our podcast is that we are not clinical enough in either box. We're not good enough at clearing our lines, and we're not clinical enough to finish opportunities. The few opportunities that we are creating for ourselves, um, you know, we are not clinical enough. Whereas you were saying not you may not be playing pretty football or particularly good football, but your results are you've just beaten um, Morecambe 4-1 or at the bottom of the league. You'd expect to do that with the position you're in. You went away to Salford, not an easy game to go to, and you beat them 2-1. Take your FA Cup out of the equation. You've beaten Stevenage. You'd expect to beat them. You drew with Cheltenham. Um, and all right, before that, you lost to, uh, lost to Crawley and, and drew to Northampton. But ostensibly, it's a results-driven business. You can play bad and nick a 1-0 win, or you can play really well and lose 1-0. What side of the fence do you really want to be on? It's a results business. You only get three points for the win. Um, you don't get anything for losing and playing nice football. So sometimes you just have to be that little bit nastier and do the dirty side of the game and dig in, like you said to me before, and do that sort of stuff. And I don't necessarily think that, that the players are. Whether that's because uh, attitudes have changed, ability we haven't got necessarily, I personally think that a, a number of players in the squad aren't, aren't good enough for the league that we're in. And I think that needs to change. And I don't think that's a secret. Mm. I've said that before. And I think it's, it's pretty apparent to, to uh, everybody at the football club and all the fans. Uh, and, and changes do need to be made because we can't carry on like this. We're five points now off the relegation zone. Stevenage and Morgan aside uh, from your result, have, have got a couple of results that have put them closer to us and we haven't picked up results which means that we've dropped closer to them and that's not a comfortable position to be in when when the relegation word is being used in gen in mid-january a couple of months ago we were 12 points clear of it now we're only five points clear so we've not improved we've, we've gradually got worse and I'm not necessarily sure that the formation with the playing staff that we've got actually is well, it clearly isn't to, to the best fit of the abilities that, that we've got and, and, and i know a lot of fans are also thinking that and that we should pretty much just go back to a basic four-four-two formation and, and and stick to that. Do you, do you think that maybe? I mean, hindsight is a wonderful thing, obviously. But if Ross Hamilton hadn't have stepped aside for Carl Fletcher for those what was it about eight games that he was in charge? Yeah, something something like that. Yeah. Do you, do you think maybe we'd we'd be talking to you in a completely different situation? Probably. I mean, you take off the back of the fact that he had one draw and three wins as he handed over to Carl Fletcher. Uh, yeah, I think Carl did, did some damage to, to the confidence of the team, the way he behaved and conducted himself, I don't think was particularly helpful. But I think the fact that the club moved to deal with it pretty quickly, I mean, he was only in the job for 29 days. Um, you'd argue that well, he didn't really get a chance, but then you know you don't always know what goes on behind the scenes. So it's very difficult as fans to really comment it's only what you hear. He 
apparently wanted to get rid of half a dozen or a dozen players in this window, something like that. And, you know, you, you can't just come in. And, and apparently that got known, that was made known to the players. So he didn't really come into the, into the squad and, and particularly endear himself from what I understand. So, you know, uh, but, but the club acted very quickly to get that problem um, dealt with. And I just kind of asked myself now, how have we gone from the same squad with one draw and three wins under Ross to not being able to, to pick a string of results together? Um, you know, we, we've not been particularly flattering on the road. Portnow dominated us yesterday, although a few Vale fans contacted us and said they thought that we were, we were a good team and we played some good football. Um, but someone who came on last night who was at the game um, you know, said that we're just not clinical enough in, in both boxes, and other than our chances, we just weren't good enough on the day, and it's it's just a reoccurring theme. So, if we look ahead to our game uh, on Tuesday night, um, how do you feel about about night games? Obviously, this is actually a rearranged fixture because of our involvement in the FA Cup. So, we played yeah. Burton in the third round instead of playing the uh, the, the the league fixture with yourselves. Um, yeah. Having it been moved to a Tuesday night. Do you do you enjoy Tuesday night football? How is yeah. it under the lights at, down at Leighton Orient? Yeah, I do enjoy a night game, actually. I know a lot of people don't. I know crowds suffer for it. Some people don't want to come out uh, of an evening and, and others have got, you know, with children that, that can't make it and the kids can't come. So it is a bit restricting. Um, but as someone who doesn't have that, that challenge, I, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's good. Um, in some ways, it's easier for me than a Saturday game because of uh, family commitments and whatnot at times. But yeah, I, I, I look forward to it. I don't think it matters if you play us on a Saturday or a Tuesday, to be honest with you. Um, we had that rest uh, on that weekend, thanks to your involvement. We wish you every success in the in the future rounds because I think you won that, didn't you? You beat, we you did. beat Burton. Yeah, we've um, got so, yeah, we should... this weekend, yeah. Well, good luck with that. And uh, and obviously we're a slight distraction to that now because your preparations are going to be slightly different uh, now because obviously you, you, you'll be resting on Wednesday. It won't be particularly high intensity on Thursday or Friday because you'll be needing to assess who's got wounds and injuries and, mm. uh, well, and we're, travelling. We're actually playing on, on the Friday night on live on BT Sports. So we're, we're playing oh. you and uh, on Tuesday. And Keith Curl has said that he's not going to be resting anybody uh, for our league match. Um but then again, we talked on our main podcast this week about the fact that we don't really see who we'd be able to make the change with. We've got a few injuries in our squad at the moment, and that's left our bench looking pretty bare um, and, and mostly made up of youth seamers. So there's not an awful lot of options at Keith Curl's disposal, really, other than to just go with a starting eleven that he has done for the last two games anyway. So yeah. um, I, I think fatigueness might, might come into it at some point, whether that happens... Uh, against yourselves or whether it's against Derby on on Friday, but I think it'll play a, pa- a play a part in it either way. Um, but looking at the game I- itself, we always ask for a prediction from our opposition fan um, before the game. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, we've already said, you know, obviously you're, you're a bit in trepidation of us coming down yeah. to yourselves, but um, we're not scoring enough. Uh, at the moment. Um, all right, we scored against Grimsby Town. That was a 91st minute penalty. We scored a goal against Newport County just before New Year and scored one. But, we, you know, we're finding that we're having to score two goals to, to just be in the game. I don't know. I, I never like to say that we're going to lose, but I, I possibly think one or two nil to you, possibly. 
I'd like to see that the other way around, obviously. I'd take a scrappy 1-0 win for us because we're desperate for the points. But just the way things are at the moment, I think possibly you guys might win that 1-0 or 2-0, something like that. Okay. Well, well, we'll take that, obviously. Um, yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> but we also would like to wish you all the best for the rest of the season, Paul. Cause and the, to you. There is definitely uh, uh, that connection with Justin Edinburgh now um, that will live long in the memory, of course. Um, so we, I hope you do manage to stay up. Um, just before you go, if you'd like to just uh, plug your podcast um, for any of our listeners who want to have a quick gander at it. Thank you. We'll be reviewing the Northampton game uh, in our podcast, which will be out next week, Sunday. Um, so we are a Sunday night broadcast. Well, not broadcast because we don't do it live, but um, it'll be the 26th. We'll be uh, discussing the Northampton game. The Orient Outlook podcast. We're on Twitter at Orient Outlook. You can find us on all the podcast Android apps, uh, Spotify, uh, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, soundcloud.com forward slash orient hyphen outlook we're also on itunes um yeah we're all over social media um twitter being our main one facebook orient outlook podcast uh instagram orient underscore outlook underscore uh podcast as well be welcoming of any northampton views uh pre-match post-match um would welcome anybody uh we're happy to read our opposition fan tweets as well so yeah at orient outlook please please get in touch uh, and uh, and uh, let us know your views after the game uh, tomorrow night. That would be great. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining me, Paul. All the best. And to you. Thanks for your time. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.